0: Good morning, Top Fan Rivalry followers, and happy Friday to you. Finally, we are at the end of the week. We made it. It just means, though, that we're getting one week closer to October baseball, and some teams are going to go the way of the earth for the rest of the season. Some teams have already been eliminated, but I have got a new fan, a team that we have talked about uh, before, but a new guy. I met him when I was in his town been a fantastic individual just a lot of fun. Jamie, good morning on a Friday. How are you doing this morning?
1: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
0: You bet. You bet. I'm so excited to talk to you. Now, you are I got to get this right. You're a Mets fan? No. No. Wait, you're a, fan, a Philly fan, right?
1: That's why they call me the Philly sports guy.
0: That's why they call you the Philly sports guy. <laughs> I met this guy everybody's listening to this. I met this guy at a, I'm going to call it live. It's very similar to LA live. It's very similar to um, a number of different stadiums that have like Atlanta that have kind of restaurant bars across the street from their venues. And I walked in and this guy's painted up like his Jersey sitting there having a, a soda or something like that at the bar. And I walked over and said, can I get a picture with you? And he said, sure. And we ended up chatting it up and here we are. So Jamie, I'm so happy to have you on man it's gonna be a lot of fun
1: well thank you and, and I, I'd love to say that that was a soda but that was before the before the game so it probably had a little bit more of uh spirits in it than uh you yeah, know than normal uh because I don't drink during the game but I I definitely drink beforehand or
0: afterwards there you go there you go <laughs> well, for those of you listening he means that it was it was caffeine it was caffeine for those of you kids that are listening to this, the spirit is caffeine. That's, that's right. what he's. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> there you go. So, Jamie, how did you become a
1: Phillies fan? Uh, you know, I was born in Philadelphia. Uh, and I think that's part of being uh, your your coming of age. Uh, I mean, obviously. So I, I'm I'm 50 years old. So I was born in 72. And. Uh, some of my earliest memories, my mother and my grandmother both worked at the Spectrum and that stadium at the time. So I was always going to games because I'd get a phone call and say, hey, you know, we have a couple of tickets. Why don't you bring them down and and you can go to the game for free? So it was one of those things that I was really lucky to be a part of because we had open access all the time. And there would be times where my father was a concrete finisher. and My mother was uh, a waitress at like the grand slam room. So there would be times where she would have to bring me to work. And my father would have to pick me up on his way home. So I would get, and sports was a lot different back then. So you could kind of walk around and get to meet some of the players. And it wasn't so Quarantined off it wasn't like it is now it's the the players were normal people uh that just happened to be playing you know a kids game and they were a lot more accessible and it you know there wasn't social media so it was a little different back then but uh, i got to meet a lot of the players and it was a lot of fun and it just kind of you know grew up in my blood
0: yeah it's i love those times man i i'm i was born just a few years after you um, I'm I'm coming up on that big five zero here soon, and I love our generation because I I try to explain it to the younger generation and I say, we're the last generation that lived without social media, but can also live with social media. Um, right. Everybody born after us is all about social media. Everybody that was born before us um, can't quite figure it out. The generation before us can't. I mean, they do their best. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're the last generation that, we're the last generation that grew up on family ties and, and, and three's company and, and everything wasn't so PC. If you watch some of those shows and listen to some of that music, man, I tell you, you couldn't get away with half of that.
1: That the movies of the eighties, you're not going to see a lot of, as we go older. Uh, I mean, they're just, you know, when you think about certain movies, 48 hours, is, ah. uh, uh, a great great movie that you will never see again because it's so politically incorrect in today's age but such a great movie uh just across the board that you'd wondered how they made it from back then blazing saddles same situation can never airplane. see that movie again because it just doesn't fit with today's you know airplane the way the way things are
0: yeah i mean we we could go on all day with this i I was watching the original Karate Kid about, I don't know, two, three years ago. It was during the pandemic, so about three years ago. And I was shocked at how much language there was in it. And I'm like, nowadays, parents would go crazy. (laughs) They'd be like, huh? What? (laughs) Who? What did did Daniel just say? So. Actually, I, I mean. Go ahead.
1: One of the rules that I have about myself is that I don't curse. And it's such a part of the vernacular nowadays, it's amazing that when you don't curse how much people
0: notice, yeah, yeah it it, it we kind of i I don't either, and it's funny because I don't I don't give anybody a hard time for doing it. I don't care. do whatever you're gonna do, but it's funny how quickly people apologize to me for using language. I'm like fine. Okay. Say what you're going to say. Express yourself how you're going to express yourself. That's right. And I'm out. a
1: sailor. I mean, I'm, I I was in the Navy. I'm a Navy veteran. So I know how to curse
0: Yeah.
1: And, and curse pretty well. But I just choose not to now because there's too many, too many children around, you know, yes. and that's that's one of the biggest deals that I have, especially being a Philadelphia fan that, you know, cursing is part of the vernacular, you know, yes. and I, you know, you know, one letting one slip is one thing. When you're at a ballpark or anything, there's always things that happen where you can have one. But when you start doing more than one and such like that, I call people out on it. Like, hey, yeah. this is there's kids around, you know, yeah, and exactly. ultimately, ultimately. Ultimately, the other end for me when you do that, because everybody's afraid to talk out against somebody who's being a little
0: vulgar. Yeah, exactly. So tell me about I, I love your story, how you became a fan. You know, and, and raised with it. That's my favorite question to ask on these interviews because I always love to hear the history of it. Tell me about favorite players. Who's your current favorite player, and who's your favorite player of all time? They don't have to be Phillies, but you've got a long list to choose from. So go for it.
1: So, my current favorite player is uh, you know, as, as funny as it, that, the, it's going to sound funny, but it's Garrett Stubbs. And the reason why it's Garrett Stubbs is because of his father. You know, okay. I, I got to meet I got to meet his father at Xfinity Live one day, and we before the game, and we just, you know, it, it just by talking to him, I could understand how his son is, you know, and just how he grew up. It felt like it's just. He's just a real dude who's, you know, happens to be good at playing catcher, good enough to be a backup catcher, uh, but has so much personality. And I understand where he gets it from because of his father. And like, I mean, he still gets a lot of credit for having, you know, that World Series run last year because of the playlist. He was the one making the playlist up, you know, and that goofy song that we all listen to dancing on our own. You know, it was just, a, you know, the the calling card of the Philadelphia Phillies wins. Uh, you know, it's like, OK, it's, it's not the song I would have chosen. But, you know, but I think that's kind of what makes it fun. So he's my current favorite player. My all time favorite player is Mike Schmidt. You know, I, knew that I watched coming. him grow. Yeah, I, knew I, that I watched coming. it grow up. I, I, I watched I called his 500th home run. I actually won some money doing so. Uh, really? The local newspaper says, hey, when do you think he's going to hit his home run? If you could pick the the date and the inning, you'll get to, you'll get five hundred dollars, which was a lot of money back then. And uh yeah. I did. I picked it. I picked the, the right dates and and. It, inning even it's the Pirates and I you yeah, it wound up giving the lead. They wound up winning the game because of that home run. And I called it in the seventh inning and there it was, bam, he hits it at 500th home run. And they're like, really? Somebody actually called this. You know, so, and then when they found out how old I was, it was ridiculous. You know, I'm like only like nine, 10 years
0: old, but. And then uh, of course, Harry's call Michael Jack Schmidt, right? Yep. And that's yeah. mean, Harry,
1: Harry was great. And, and, you know, like I, yeah, everybody loves Harry, but I remember Richie Ashburn too, and I remember listening to on the radio with those guys. And you know, it's just it, it's you know those are the memories that remind you, like when you would listen to a ball game at the beach, you know, on the radio, and and still know everything that was going on. And you'd have a bunch of people around the radio, you know, some people would be listening to music, some people be listening to the ball game.
0: We, uh, we have an affinity out here in LA for for Harry because we had been Scully for so long. And so you, you got to have much respect for the guys that can do it for so long. And they can, not only can they keep you in the game, you know, understanding what's going on if you're listening to it on the radio, but they can keep you entertained as well in between pitches, which is a talent. A lot of, a lot of guys can't do that, right? And so it's fun it's fun and, and, and you know also
1: they know when to and they also know when to not talk
0: mm-hmm.
1: when yes. to let that let the sounds of the game actually dictate the the broadcast uh, that's and that's a huge talent some mm-hmm. some when you listen to some guys like I, I will sometimes listen to opposite broadcasts some guys just just rattle off at the mouth and just like, Hey, breathe, let it, let it just kind of go, let the game kind of take it a little bit. Uh, And like I said, so, and I know that after, and I know that guy who had done it for a long time with LA, you know I mean? He he was one of those guys. He knew how to just let the game kind of run without having to talk. He didn't need to tell a story at certain times.
0: You know, it's funny that you mentioned that Jamie, because about a year ago, I was looking for that clip after Kurt Gibson hit his home run in the 88 World Series. And Vince Coley had said, in a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happening. And so Kurt Gibson hits his home run and you hear Vince Coley say, it is gone. And then I'm looking and I'm listening. I'm like, where is this? It. He let the fans cheer and get everything in. Kurt Gibson was rounding second, almost to third before he started that statement. And that's a talent because you're so excited about what just happened you want to jump in you want to say something and sometimes saying nothing is better than saying something exactly you feel it more yeah
1: by by okay. doing that you know and it's you know and uh, of course you you're saying that where i heard you know it's joe buck when he was saying it it's just uh, you know and a- as interesting as that you know just cuz you only, you always hear the joe buck version most mm-hmm. of the time So it's, it's, you know, you get to hear that version on occasion, but that's, and those were the guys that made the love of the game. Like, because if you were a child, you know, you were going to bed early, like you're my age or a little bit younger than me, but you were my age. So you would sometimes sneak the radio into bed and have it real low and you'd be under the covers and sitting there listening to the game. So they were the ones that actually brought the game to you not yes. The television
0: yes and you know we all know that our parents were they knew what we were doing i mean come on we were listening to the game the um and the younger generation doesn't understand this but you and i understand this not only did you sneak to listen to the game but you raced out to get the paper the next morning in hopes that your dad didn't already have the sports page because he needed to see what was in the box for to see who actually won because you couldn't stay up late enough to watch the game. And for you being on the East coast, it must've been brutal when the Phillies were out playing the Dodgers or the Giants on the West coast, because those games didn't start till 10 o'clock your time.
1: (laughs) And and the worst part about it was, is that they wouldn't be in the paper either. Yeah. Because, because it was too late. You know, the, the runs would happen around one o'clock and if the game didn't end, if it was a longer game, they just said, uh, you got to wait for the evening edition. So yeah. it, you would get a morning edition and an evening edition newspaper every day. So that's that. Yeah. You know, and I remember we would lived in a driveway and I remember that van driving up and throwing the newspaper and I would go run out and grab it because and I was one of those guys that would love to they would have all the stats and they different than the newspapers do today so who were the top five in the you know in batting average and who had the most hits and I would sit there and I would compare the AL and the NL to see who had the better uh stats almost on a daily basis. Like I thought it would change a lot, you know, over the you know over a few days. Um but it was just it was cool. And you got to realize all the players at that point. You know, it's like you got to you know, it was a way of doing like a fantasy baseball without fantasy baseball actually being around. So you got to see, you know, oh, Vince Coleman stole another base, you know, and he's got now 80 steals. and Ricky Henderson and how he's batting like he's batting 311 or something like that and all these hits and stolen bases and most triples and such. I mean, those are the things that I remember when I think about taking the you know, the sports page, because I had to get it before my grandfather did. I lived with my grandparents. I had to get it before my grandfather did because he said that he would always be going to go watch the Phillies, but his Phillies were uh, on a racetrack.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Where they used to have, (laughs) have all the horses. Yeah, so it's. So for those of you, the younger generation, you guys have not lived until you've picked up a newspaper and got the the black ink on your fingertips because you got it fresh out the driveway. And I mean, Jamie, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, you haven't lived until you had that black ink on your fingertips. And trying to wash that stuff off was like trying to wash off concrete. That stuff just stayed there. But it was almost a badge of honor when you... You had it on your fingertips it was great
1: hey you remember silly putty you would put the oh yeah silly yeah putty on I the newspaper saying, and
0: okay. pull up the pull up the ink from the from the paper yeah yep yeah, yep yeah, yep yeah, yep yeah you guys haven't lived until you've done that either
1: <laughs> <laughs> Talking about absolutely
0: old times. man we gotta have but well, jamie and bill are gonna host an 80s show all these funds hey, that's gonna be another podcast episode we got you though don't you worry there will be like six people that will listen to that episode, but it will make us feel good, the, us old guys.
1: All the older people.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, people okay, so they know and really remember. So, Jamie, which ballparks have you been to? Which MLB ballparks have you been to? Whether they're still in existence or not. I know you've been to the vet. I know you've been to is citizens bank. Uh,
1: so, yep, and I've been to Atlanta, uh, the new stadium in Atlanta, uh, Truist Park. Uh, I've been to uh both stadiums up in new york the mets and the yankees uh i've been to old yankee stadium and i've been to houston i haven't been to as many ballparks as i have been football stadiums uh and that's just because it's it's always been harder for me to travel in the summertime than it is in the fall
0: yeah it's it is it, yeah it Growing up out here, we didn't have a lot of football. The Raiders were up north. Um, the, when they were in L.A., they played at the Coliseum. It was tough to get to. Um, the Rams were here for a little bit playing at Anaheim Stadium. But, again, that wasn't really an attraction unless you were going to watch Eric Dickerson. It wasn't really an attraction. So, for you on the East Coast, you know, you can get to stadiums in New York and Philly and, and other places relatively easy so for me where i live if i want to go see the raiders and i have you know as i think about it go ahead
1: and as i think about it this year i actually added a couple i've been to pittsburgh and i've been to washington in washington i got to catch my very first foul ball oh you know and it was very interesting because i caught the foul ball and it just so happened to be Marilyn Monroe's birthday. And I have a friend of mine who dressed up as Marilyn Monroe. And I took her to the ballpark. It was one of those things where I thought it was going to be a home game. I realized it was away. I'm like, oh, let's just go anyways. And we went and I caught my very first foul ball. And, yeah, you know, as I'm sitting there and I'm about to give it to her, everybody starts cheering because, I mean, everybody knows who I am. Yeah. And um like I hold the ball up for a little while. It was kind of funny for me cuz it's I've never done that before. I never caught a foul ball. And here it is. Uh um you know then they they the announcers, the Philly Sports guy, you see him at the ballpark. He came down to Washington to cheer our guys on and you know and it was just kind of a fun moment for me to there do that. Go. There you go. And then I I have been to St. Louis's ballpark, uh, not to watch the Phillies, but to watch the Cardinals. I think they were going up against the Brewers that day.
0: Yeah. The um I love uh yeah, I, I love ballparks, man. And and so so let me ask you this question. If you had, I don't know, I'm just gonna make a month up here, June, next June off, and you had unlimited resources, but you could only travel to five ballparks you've never been to. Where are you going to go to? Wrigley. Okay. Fenway. Okay.
1: Dodger Stadium.
0: Okay, you got three old ones. Good.
1: I'd prob- probably go to see I think about that, but, like, I, I think of, like, the Texas Rangers well, and, and so I, I think a three Com park. Now I was at three Com park when it was, when they was dual. I don't know if it's the same ballpark it is as it was when they used it for football and baseball. Um, but I, yeah, that would be the other one in San Francisco where I'd like to watch a home run. I'd like to be able to be in one of those, uh, you know, kayaks when they yeah. hit a home run into Macaulay Cove.
0: I've, I've got a guy that you can meet up with on that. That's awesome. Um, good ballparks, good ballparks. I would uh, – Dodger Stadium is a lot of fun, a lot of history there. I just went to my first game in Fenway after I left Philly. We went down to Baltimore, and then I went up to see the Red Sox play the Dodgers. Uh, great ballpark. Um, Wrigley I've been outside of. Um, it's now called AT&T Park in San Francisco. I've been to that. fact, I'm going there at the end of the month as well. Again, great ballpark. Um, Minute Maid is not a bad ballpark down in Houston. But if you do the Texas thing, do Minute Maid and Austin. Do Globe Life as well in compare and contrast. I think they're drastically different ballparks. I'm not going to tell you which one I like better because I'll save that for off air so that I don't offend anybody. But um, we did it back-to-back days last week and great baseball parks. So. So good choices, good choices. Now, Minute Maid, Minute Maid was Houston, right? Yeah, Minute
1: Maid was Houston. Yeah, I, w- I was in Houston uh, for a couple of games uh, last year. You know, uh, mm-hmm. game one, which they won, which was great. Game six, which I'm still watching that home run.
0: Uh, oh, you're Don's home run.
1: Uh, I-, I tell you, you know, talk about a moment in time. I was the only Phillies fan amongst a bunch of Astros fans in center field. Game one, it worked out amazing because we we won that game, and even the guys in the outfield they saw where I was, and they're like, they're get, telling me, "Hey, there's two outs, there's one out, and such like that." They're 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 announcing around. Game six, it was you know when they when he put him in, I was like, ah, this is a this is where we need Suarez. We cannot go without you know Alvarado here. He's just facing. him too many times did have a bead on him and that they said that that home run was only 420 feet or 450 feet they are so far wrong that (laughs) that that home run was every bit of 500 feet and i don't care what they say their their analytics is way off that went over everybody's head in center field and out into the the uh the vestibule rather than like it did it was still going as far as i was concerned and it
0: was just you knew it was over at that point there was no coming back I'll, I'll tell you one thing for sure. I'll tell you that if you want to teach a little league kid how to hit properly, not these guys that are swinging for the fences and want these these five-run home runs every at-bat, right? Um, if you want to teach a kid properly how to hit, you teach him to watch JT Riamuto's game one opposite field home run, okay? It went out of the yard. It didn't go out of the yard by much. But it went out, when I watched that, Jamie, and I'm not placating you because you're a Phillies fan, I must have watched that hit a dozen times, thinking this is exactly how you teach kids to hit. Pitch was outside. He didn't try to do, he didn't try to hit it out of the yard. He's just strong. And he just met the ball where he's supposed to. He didn't try to pull it because if he would have pulled it, he would have popped it up. But instead, he just went with the pitch and said, watch this. Boom. And he was successful. I mean, he would have been successful if he would have hit a double down the line. He would have been successful if he would have hit a single. But you and I come from a, an era where they didn't shift as much, right? Because everybody, including John Kruk, knew how to bunt, right? So if you shifted, Big John would just bunt down the third baseline. And you may still throw him out even, you know, because he wasn't exactly built for speed. But um, But, you know, Johnny would lay one down if he needed to. Um, nowadays they don't teach that anymore. And so when I saw that hit, Jamie, I, it took me back to everything I learned about hitting as a kid. So, I mean, tell uh, me I'm wrong. Convince me I'm wrong.
1: It's a shame. It's a about some. No, no. As I think about some of the rule changes that they made this year, uh, with the stopping of the shift. And it's like it's it. I'm one of them that says, hey, shouldn't these guys be able to hit opposite field? You know, isn't this isn't this part of the game that these players could be? Who cares if they put nine guys on one side of the field? If if you can hit it to the other side of the field, then do so, you know, bun it or whatever. You had that one guy, the one uh, St. Louis Cardinal who wound up bunting a triple because of 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 the shift. So there are ways to beating that shift and such. But. You know, as I think about that this year and, and how they stopped that shift, uh you still have seen some of the old batting come through. Like you you are seeing now that they are starting to swing uh to opposite field. You have seen more opposite field hits, at least from the Philly side of things. You know, that they do go where the, they do hit the ball where the ball's pitched rather than trying
0: to yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I just I yeah, I mean, we see all kinds of things and all kinds of weird things. I mean, I'll take you back to Javier Baez stealing home. I mean, stealing first and ended up on second um, a couple years back on a ground ball that should have been out three where the first baseman should have just took two steps back and stepped on the base. Right. But baseball mentality is a lot different than when you're talking about a lineup with Mike Schmidt and Pete Rose or Bob Boone in it, like all your old Philly guys, right? It's just, yeah, it's a, a lot different. Um, okay, Jamie, last question. We got about 20 games left of the season, uh, give or take. There's a very decent chance that the Phillies are not going to catch the Braves. No disrespect, but you're going to be in the wild card. What are you looking forward to most about the last 20 or so games? And then what is your thoughts about October? <laughs> so questions? the
1: the last 20 games, I, I kind of feel that the Phillies have put themselves in a position where they are going to have the number one wild card, which is what I expected at the beginning of the season. I kind of felt that the Braves were uh, very built or the regular season, and uh, they came out like a ball of fire and haven't really slowed down yet. Uh, I want them to remain healthy, the Phillies, and I want them to be able to get through these 20 games, keeping status quo, and then I want them to flip the switch. I want them to get ready for the playoffs by just, you know, in October and getting – that switch, you know, turned up getting the, you know, whether it's dusting off the old music collection or, you know, just making new, new music collections and just getting things together, not being too full of themselves, not saying, Hey, we automatically are going to win this because we were here last year. You have to be able to do all of that. And, you know, and as long as our pitching holds up in October, which is going to be a big question mark, especially against the Braves. Uh, I was watching the game yesterday and the, the the Braves just, they can come back at any moment in time. They were they were getting beat by the Cardinals. And, yeah, you know, I was like, I'm still like, I think the Braves could win this game. And then, you know, the Cardinals hit a three-run home run in the eighth to kind of seal it. But uh, I think that at – the one thing about the Braves is that they are consistent – but I don't know that they have the other gear, the next gear. So when you beat these teams all year long, you feel like, well, we could just keep doing what we're doing. And you have to be able to, you know, put it into, you know, next gear when it comes to the playoffs. Everything speeds up a little bit and everybody gets a little bit more anxious. And I think that's where the Braves have faltered over the last few years. Obviously, a couple of years ago, they did win the World Series. So, you know, minus that one specific. But, the Braves typically don't do well in October and i am hoping that that remains the same because i think it's a collision course between the phillies and the Braves and i think that they are really the two best teams in the nl yeah you know, not giving any you know uh, not giving anything away for the Dodgers i mean the Dodgers have a good team and even though they don't have the pitching that they used to have uh, they do have the hitting, and they they are able to score runs. But for some reason or another, the Phillies love playing in L.A., and they love playing the Dodgers. And I think it's just the history of all of that that kind of makes that all occur.
0: Can we say we'll see you in the NLCS? I hope so. And then hope you, and, so. you and I can go live after every game and give the breakdown.
1: Uh, well, yeah, but we'd have to do it on one camera because I'm going to be in L.A. for those games.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, Top Fan Rivalry followers, Jamie, stick around for a second. But Top Fan Rivalry followers, is Jamie, he's the Philly sports guy. We're going to tag him this morning on this. Um, Phenomenal dude. A lot of fun. I love getting to know him at the ballpark. We. I promise we'll have him on again. For those of you that are local to Philly, you know who this guy is. I'm not telling you anything. I mean, this dude is that guy that makes the game fun out there at the stadium and he does it for the love of the game so jamie friday morning i sure do appreciate you being on with me i really do
1: well thank you so much for having me this is a lot of fun
0: let's do it again yeah absolutely i'm ready for it all right we'll talk in a second